de Global Latin Factor Podcast. Welcome, welcome, you and all, to another episode of the Global Latin Factor Podcast, where we talk about Latino everything. And today, just like every episode that we have, very special episode, because we have an artist, civil rights activist, energy healer. We have Brenda Corazon Marquez in the house. How you doing? Hi. How you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Nice meeting you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking Thank the time. Thank you for inviting me. It's cold and it's rainy out here. It's and freezing. I, Look at me. I'm all I bundled up. <laughs> definitely. Keep yourself warm. We appreciate it very much. I saw you, uh, one of our previous guests, uh, Mr. Never Die. Uh, you might yes, know him sir. by a different name. Uh, he he uh, posted something on, on IG and he said something about it runs with the family. And I saw some of your artwork and I'm like, man, I, I want to have every single type of Latino that we can possibly have, like for every sector, because that's what it means to me, the global Latin factor. We touch the music sector, the art, the food, everything. We're everywhere. So I just want to make sure that I display every single type of person. And when I saw your picture and y'all interact, I'm like, I must have it here. Yes. So, thank you <laughs> yes, for being he's here. my nephew. He is your nephew. And it's interesting, he's my long long lost nephew. Because he's uh you're Puerto Rican and he is Puerto Rican too. Yes. Yeah. And I found him based on ancestry dot com DNA test. Okay. Well <laughs> let me ask one question first and, and then we get onto that question because yeah. I'm very interested about that. Okay. Why do you go by Corazon? So um years ago. I worked with an artist. Um, she was a local Santa Barbara artist. And she was actually like my mentor when mm -hmm. I was in school. And um, fast forward, I reconnected with her like in 2008. Right. And she was doing a heart workshop. Mm -hmm. And so I went in uh, to take her heart workshop. And after that, I just decided to make a bunch of heart artwork. Fast forward 2014, I went to do uh, like a personal development course gotcha. in which in the leadership course, uh, I claimed myself as an artist mm. uh, with the name of Corazon. And it stems back from doing a series of heart artwork. What is heart artwork? If you don't mind, if it's you just, mind educating me on it's that. It's just hearts. Mm. literally just hearts and so i recall the first heart that i did and it was really kind of disturbing in a, in a sense it was mm -hmm. kind of broken hearted and like paint everywhere it was kind of a little bit messy and then a little bit of reflection of what you had going on i that think time so yeah mm -hmm. yeah and it, it was it was a hard time and In my life at that point, uh, my daughter's father had recently passed. Mm, and so there was a lot of stuff going on there um, in terms of my the reflection that was coming out in my work at the time. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and keep making hearts until they turn out pretty. <laughs> and that's I awesome. just claimed myself corazón, corazón. And that's where it happened. Uh, sometime between 2018... Uh, no, not 2000, 2008 mm -hmm. to 2014 was where all of that was brewing. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And you originally were born in California? I was born in LA. You were born yeah. in LA. Los Angeles, California. You're 11 months here in Texas. 
Eleven months. How's your experience so far? How you like? How you love in Texas? It's been. <laughs> it's going different. on you. Always, huh? <laughs> you know what? I've I've been enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. Um, working. I've been doing a lot of artwork, but it's a big change. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. It's just been a like night and day type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the where I used to live to where I am now, but it's a good change. That's good. It's a really good change. That's awesome. Okay, so let's get to the question. Uh, so about the an- ancestry search. So you mm-hmm. told me you did, did some digging, some deep search, found a lost uh, nephew. Lost that you didn't family, know about yeah. Of a different area, like like a Latino, like a Puerto Rican side. I don't know if you know that you were Puerto Rican or not. No, I did. Point. I did. So what happened was that... Um, my mom is my father's second family. Mm. And the first family, no one ever told us where they were. And I do know that I had three siblings. And I never, I could never find them. No one in my family would disclose mm-hmm. who they were and such. So, you know, just out of curiosity to understand my genealogy, my family's, uh, a couple of my siblings and myself, we took the DNA test Mm -hmm. and it matches you with people who are within your bloodline, right? Your DNA matches you by DNA. And we ended up finding someone that was extremely closely related. And it turned out to be my sister, my half sister. Mm. And then from there, a couple of nephews, which one of them was my sister's son, and then the other one was Never Die. Mm. And he was, uh, we ended up connecting through Facebook. I found them on Facebook, and I send him a message, and I'm like, hey, I'm your aunt. He's like, what? (laughs) He didn't have any connection to any of his mother's side of the family. Oh, wow. And now he has at least four... Uh, three aunts and one uncle and then all our kids and everything. So, uh, and I met him via Facebook when I was still in LA Mm. and out of random chance, I ended up moving to Texas and he's in Houston and I'm here. Yeah. And so we got to meet in person and yeah. So was that the first connected. time picture that you met in person? Yeah. We had met a a couple years before Mm. and then, Recently, he's been out here to visit me a couple times. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. What made you or what feeling that you had that you wanted to start searching or even do a DNA t- test? Was there well, anything? Well, it comes um, that comes from my experience in school. Uh, when I was in college, I studied Mexican-American history mm-hmm. and I was very interested in ideology and culture and where we come from has always been a question to me like well what are my roots you know because as latinos we're mixed Mm -hmm. particularly me that i'm mixed puerto rican and and mexican and just looking at people different features i grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood Mm -hmm. Uh, not a lot of latinos at the time uh, what area was that in LA? That was South Central LA. South Central. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I grew up in that area. With time, things kind of more, um, more Latinos started to immigrate into that area. 
In fact, in, in kindergarten, I was probably one of the only Latinas in the English-speaking groups, you know. Really? Um, and so it was very interesting for me to learn about my history, mm-hmm. where my family came from, and that kind of stemmed like, well, okay, so I know where my family is from, where my mom was born, where, where my father was born, but it, what's my DNA? Mm. And so that's why I took that test. So that took you started the idea of trying to look into it. Yeah. And, then and years later, you what was it twenty twenty three me that you use or what was the ancestry? no it was ancestry dot com dot com. Yeah. Okay, I've been curious to do that, but my only concern is the regulation of what they do with your DNA once they acquired it. Yeah. Well, with me, I don't care. You I don't care. I'm like, I don't care. You don't care. Clone me, whatever. <laughs> Hey, so each their own if you're okay with it. Okay. Based on your analysis of the things that you have studied in school and everything and try to figure out like what people are, what Latinos are, why Chicano, why this and that. And we'll mm-hmm. touch more on that. But what has your, your conclusion personally has been as to what we come from, what we are, where the, you know, just our Latinos ancestry comes from really? Yeah. Well, it really, it really changes within each individual Mm -hmm. and what you identify with. And then another identifier is your culture where you grow up. Mm -hmm. So for me, because my father passed away when I was very young, I don't really identify too much from with my Puerto Rican side Mm -hmm. uh, as I do with my Mexican side. I've been to Mexico. I've been all over the place in Mexico. My Spanish is Mexican. Yeah. Um, I'm very much into the culture. I, I love my Mexican culture. I'm very connected with it. Um, but even within the Mexican culture, the traditions of the indigenous and the not indigenous and the colonizers yeah. part of the Spaniard and all that stuff, you know, and then the Puerto Rican, it was a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Even when I was, when I first started college, I grew up in a neighborhood in, in my education all the way up to high school. I knew everything about black culture, about the Black Panthers, about MLK and, you know, Emmett Till, everything that had to do with black culture. And I didn't know until I got to college about the Brown Berets, mm. about Cesar Chavez, about, you know, Dolores Huerta. about the Dolores Huerta, about um, the Chicano movement, the yeah. Chicano art movement, about all of that activity. I had no idea. I really didn't. And it happened literally next door to you. Like, y'all were down the street from where everything happened. Yeah. And so then when, then uh, that's what prompted me to choose that major. I did major in Chicano studies. Um, because I wanted to learn more about my culture. Okay. I wanted Let, to know more about me. Let's pause on that one because mm-hmm. I don't know why I was so eager to get into the conversation that I didn't even do preguntas al chile. Dale preguntas al chile. So we're going <laughs> to pause on that thought and we're going to do preguntas al chile first. So ver, preguntas al chile. A ver, con if, chile. If you have y not y sal. subscribed to the channel, what are you waiting for so you can check out these amazing graphics? That Carlos put together. Now, we're going to get to it. I swear. This is the first time it happened in uh, <laughs> almost hundreds of episodes we're done. Okay, ready? Yes. Okay. Preguntas al chile. Tacos o tortas? Tacos. Okay. Corn tortilla or flour tortilla? Corn. Okay. So, I'm going to touch into your Puerto Rican side. 
arroz con guandules o mofongo. Arroz con gandules, 100%. Gandules, that's how you say it. Sopa de plátano o asopao. Asopao. Ok. Tripleta o pasteles. Pasteles, mm. yeah. So I'm getting all the Puerto yeah. Rican dishes. Piña colada o amorado colada. Uh, probably a piña colada. Coquito o Billy. Coquito. Agua de horchata o jamaica o tamarindo. Jamaica. jamaica. Salsa verde, salsa roja. Salsa roja. Menudo o pozole, do you care for either one? Ugh. Yes, I do. I love me some pozole. You love pozole, yeah. the rojo, the green one, the red one? Rojo. Okay. Uh, flan de queso, arroz con dulce. Flan. Flan de queso? Yeah. Nice. Besitos de coco o polvorones? Polvorones. Some of these are Puerto Rican dishes, by the way. So I did my homework on you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the conchita breads, the pastries, you like the concha, the brown ones, the white ones, or the pink ones? The white ones. Okay. And when you hear the word Latino, what comes to mind first? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Salsa. Salsa. Yeah. Merengue, cumbia, yeah. reggaeton, Love bad it. bunny. Right now, mostly, yes, you're right. Y un buen mariachi yeah, con tequila. Right. Awesome. Did, uh, do you mind if anybody addresses you a Latina? Do you identify or like to call yourself more Latina than anything? Or um, do you care about it at all? Well... I've gone through the whole gamut of mm -hmm. titles, and I understand why people identify or don't identify, so I really don't mind. Why Why do you think people care to identify or not? It just depends on their education mm -hmm. and what they know and where these words stem from. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people use them in a way that could be offensive, And sometimes they embrace them be for whatever reason. But at the end of the day is really learning where these words come from and what they mean. Mm -hmm. um, to me, I identify as Mexican, Puerto Rican, American. Mm -hmm. But if you call me Latina, Hispanic, uh, I, I don't take it personally. There's people, like, especially TikTok, I'll be watching some of those things. But they do have, because... Well, let's pick up on the conversation. Well, that's another one. That, that, that was um, <laughs> politicians mm -hmm. came up with that term. And somebody had made a skit about how they just threw that word in there to put a, pin us against each other already. Like, oh, they're almost getting along. Let's just throw a little something in there so they can. And then here we are again. No, call me this, call me that. But anyways, you mentioned earlier colonizer. But a lot of people say that this term, Latino, also kind of sort of are titles that they gave us to kind of lump sort. us into one 
What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Do you feel like that's the case or would it be easier because there's so many cultures too? I think so. I think it could be a political situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if really when you fill out an application, when you're mixed, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. You don't know what to put on there. Mm-hmm. And so the easiest thing is to just mark the gen- more general one, right? It could be Latino. It could be Hispanic. It could be... I mean, sometimes literally of Mexican descent or of like, it kind of leaves you, well, what about the other half? Or, you know, there's a lot of Afro Latinos that there's a lot of Asian Latinos. There's, there's everything. So I just kind of go with the flow, honestly, because if I sit there and fight all this stuff, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know where I come from. I know what I identify with. And to me, that's what's more important. I think that's the problem, right? That we don't really just focus on what we are and what we care to be and not what everybody wants to put us. Like, you might want to put me in that, but I just, that's your idea, not mine. I'll be part of your label if you want, but I know that when I go home, I don't I don't say oh Latina <laughs> you know I'm like yeah. when I'm with my Mexican family oh Mexicana right. when I'm Puerto Rican family oh Puerto Ricana you know so it yeah true okay so back to the question I asked you earlier so based on all your studies of looking at the African American culture discovering that there's a Latino culture a, a, a Chicano culture that was doing some movement civil right movement because there was a lot of injustice in the schools that were not even letting them go to the restroom they were like not even encourage them to go and further their education maybe mm-hmm. trade school maybe one got mm-hmm. to go to college possibly and those young individuals which were the brown berets mixed with different people didn't agree with that now after you studied all that what like what do you conclude as to wh- what are we wh- who are what out like we're are we native we're not native or we're spaniards are we not spaniards are we everything Well, that really does depend. uh, And that's why I did my DNA test, because Mm. um, you you really don't know, like, the makeup of your identity until you really study it deeply and why you incline to be a certain way or another, Mm. you know. So for me, I kind of ended up rejecting the Chicano term. Mm-hmm. because I was not, and they probably rejected me because I wasn't 100% Mexicana. Mm-hmm. I was, my mom was born in Mexico. My father was born in Pur- Puerto Rico. I was born in California. And I w- like, all they cared about was Mexican. And I'm like, well, what about my other side? Am I going to completely pretend like that's not there and not investigate and learn about that and so i noticed that and it Mm -hmm. just didn't really sit well with me and so i never called myself chicana and the chicanos and and those groups i i kind of had to fall back on you know and that's right because my understanding of the reason why they started to use that term was because first of all like Mexicans coming over, they have first, second generation Mexicanos, children here. The 
Americans didn't want them. Mm-hmm. And their Mexican roots, if you didn't speak Spanish or if you didn't carry yourself in a certain way, they didn't want you. So the Mexicans don't want you, you. You're the and pocho. The, um, and the Americans, right. The pochos. <laughs> and the Americans, they, they just see you as another his, uh, illegal. So yeah. they're not even feeling they, they're wanted on this side. They're wanted on that side. So right. they decided to embrace Chicano as to where that's who we are going to identify. Yeah. And at first it was even derogatory. Yeah, it was derogatory. And then it became a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the essence is the distinction of the Mexican American mm-hmm. per se, or yeah. the, or the American born of Mexican descent. But it leaves you out. It leaves me out. Because you have Puerto Rican Puerto side. Rican. Mm-hmm. And I can see your dilemma during that time. We were like, well, I yeah, can't really, like, well, I can't I ride with that. y'all all the way because y'all excluding this side. Exactly, yeah. I couldn't. And then the, what about our other people, like our Salvadoreños, Guatemaltecos, yeah. and all the and other. they were having their own struggles yeah. too. And so then now there's a distinction that I did not uh, agree with. I didn't identify with that. Okay. Because to me that was just as bad as another racist term or another like racist boundary or barrier, you know, because now you're not accepting me because I'm not 100% Mexican. Mm-hmm. And that would, to me was not a good thing. But even the Chicanos are not being accepted because they're not 100% Mexican. Right. But they're born here. They're just born And here. both their parents are from Mexico. But the Mexican people that and are they, born in Mexico. Yeah, but that little group time. is, they did the same thing uh-huh. that was done to them yeah. with others. And so then, and that brought my studies into more of a Latin American ideology, like more inclusive. You know what? I, this is my perspective of the things that I looked into as far as, I don't know if you believe that humanity started in Africa or not, but we usually really forget the fact that human beings supposedly have been here 200 to 300,000 years, not millions. We haven't been here, supposedly the modern human. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but based on the things that I've seen, that's how long we've been. That's a really long time to figure that you were not able to travel to different countries, especially with so many people wandering and want to explore the world. I mean, we want to leave Earth already, you know, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't seem too like irrational to be able to move to different areas to right. to look for whether it's something to hunt or something to grow to keep expanding over thousands of years ago and then eventually get to where we know that there was a bridge where the where the water was frozen at one time that connected the continents and secluded some people in the Americas for a long time. We're talking about 10,000 years or so or more. And then those people were the native people that came from that area, mm-hmm. which is Africa. And again, thousands of years ago that we're talking about to where, of course, our curiosity, just like everybody else. I know I'm very curious. So I know probably my ancestors were curious mm-hmm. and that we kept migrating down south because some of the tribes that you see here native in the United States have connections with tribes all the way to South America. So what does that mean? We're all the same. We're all interconnected. We're all the same. And then after all those thousands of years, the land split it. And now we have the Europeans doing their thing. And then they begin to be curious again, like we always have, and started making their way to the Americas with better technology at that time. Mm -hmm. And then started, you know, being the, the conquerors and 
you know, raping and taking lands, Over resources, land and, and everything. Right. And then all of a sudden, we start cross breeding again. And then you have the natives that were 10,000 years left alone for a long time, now reconnected. And now you have this. Like, I look like a native person. Even today, a lady told me, you look like the guy from, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Apocalypto or uh -huh. that one. Right. I look like him. But my hair is wavy. Uh -huh. So there's no way that I could be other way native because my hair is kind of wavy. Usually right. native people don't have have very straight very hair. Very straight hair. But uh -huh. some of my features, if you tell, I look like I belonged in that movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's my thought whenever I think right, about right. that. And then my conclusion at the bottom is like, look, we're all people and we're we all. really do forget that we don't know yeah. all the way to two, 200, 300,000 where our families were. That's mm -hmm. why I feel like we're always somewhat kind of connected and related if we all came from two individuals. The motherland. Yep. Motherland and two individuals that procreated for a long time within incest until that was yucky and then now we became <laughs> totally like you're not we're not even close to you know what right, I mean right. but here and there I don't know if you ever had that that you run into people that you feel so freaking connected like you met right. years ago and you have like this amazing freaking conversation it's like oh wow like I've known you forever and they like you feel like we're related to me and sometimes it clicks in my head you know what down the line we might be related somehow it's true so yeah. it's just my and energetically you know and that's, you believe that's in, the other thing that i you believe know. in past lives yeah. and reincarnations like energetically we're connected intergalactically and if you believe in that it's a whole other world okay so let's a whole that, other concept let's go into that <laughs> because i mean i don't know if you i don't know if you agree or kind of see my sort of the thing that i kind of see and at the end of the day we are just human beings they are mixed of yeah. everything that not everybody even if you do your dna test is going to be 100 percent something and if you are there's a lot of instances going on within your family <laughs> and you, need to, you need to check that you see what i mean yeah oh, so we're absolutely. just gonna be like that this is by default that we're going to right if you right. just really think logically and i don't know if i'm the only one that thinks about that i'm like yeah i realize we've been here for a long time as humans and then at the end of the day i feel like we're just people and that's the reason, even though it's the Latin, global Latin factor, is because y'all know the word Latin, mm -hmm. but I just want to show you the people, the person. Yeah, but okay. even within, like I was saying earlier, there's Latinos of every kind of combination mm -hmm. and the whole spectrum, you know, of yeah. identities and what have you. So, yeah. And in my discovery with even my own, it was very diverse, mm -hmm. you know, so. But it makes a lot of sense, though, right? Absolutely. It would be, right? Absolutely. That's just to me, yeah. maybe. And that's, that was, you know, within my own experience in growing up and in my studies and, and the people that I've grew up around and my friends and all of that. I've, I love to be inclusive. I don't like to be excluded because of this or because you're not that or because mm -hmm. of all of this and and that's where my art comes from because i did not want to be even though i am starting to do a, some of my new work does touch on like dia de los muertos and frida and those type of things but i really wanted my work 
to not be looked at and labeled. Oh, that's a Chicana artist. Mm, I got you. You know, oh, well, she only does calaveras. Mm-hmm. Or she's trying to copy Frida Kahlo's stuff. Or, or you know, a lot of up-and-coming artists that are of Latino descent, like, kind of go that way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be that person. But somehow, even though I rejected it, grabs me and there i go and i end up doing it because <laughs> it is your roots at the end it's of the day, my right? roots i can't reject you it kind of came yeah okay let's touch and it's my influence that. in my studies so then then that there it goes okay let's touch up on that so did you begin to take classes before you enrolled into that course the corazon uh the arts oh yeah course? i have my art degree from uc santa barbara uh-huh. i studied um art with a concentration in painting and photography okay what what made you want to go that direction you know what <laughs> this is really a crazy story. So I got accepted into the um, biological science uh, degree program at oh, UCSB. Nice. So I took a lot of science and a lot of math courses my first two years, along with a lot of Chicano studies classes. I was just taking those because I really enjoyed it and I wanted to learn more. So ended up taking a organic chemistry class that I didn't matter how many times I, I took it, I couldn't pass it. And I'm like, you know what? I can't do this major. I wanted to be a doctor and all this stuff. And I'm like, I can't do it. I don't think I'm cut out for this. Like I'm going out of my mind with it. And I'm like, all right. So I went to the career center and I took one of those tests that tell you what you're more inclined to, like what's Um. your, yeah, gotcha. Forte. Your path of which way you should go. <laughs> the stupid thing came back. Culinary artists. I like culinary arts are in the wrong school. <laughs> but it, did, but it had to, art at the end. I'm like though. art. Well, what was the closest thing to art? Well, I'll just do art classes. So I enrolled. I changed my major mm-hmm. and I did. I double majored in Chicano studies and art studio. And I literally like as a joke mm-hmm. did the art degree. Ooh, you're trying to crack a joke on yourself. On myself? Or, or the I'm like, fact ha, 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 ha. that... I'm just going to play around and mess around with the art students. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. A lo- I did a lot of really... Um, influenced by my Chicano studies. Mm-hmm. Some really overt, like, in-your-face type of art that was mm. kind of... I don't know. Those things are bogus to me. I really feel because it was like, like uh, what was I doing? Like activist type of thing, uh, you know. Nice. And I touched on a lot of feminism, um, a lot of cultural identity work. I did a lot of discovery within my own self. A lot of the work that I did was very emotional. It was mm-hmm. very dark. Mm-hmm. It was very dark. But we talk, talked about that. It's probably the reason because you were going through certain things at that time of year. You was only going to re- reflect on your kind of right, right, by right. default. And so then I completed my degree. Mm-hmm. And right after college, I became a teacher. You were a teacher. I was a teacher nice. for high school teacher for almost 10 years for the LA Unified School. And a high school, school teacher at that. Oof. Yeah. Tough, and tough. I taught uh, everything under the sun from... Spanish to geometry, algebra, biology, 
earth studies, nice. uh, social studies, because I had the social studies. Whatever teacher they needed, I whatever subject I taught it. What? How many degrees do you have? You don't want me asking. I just have two. Have Chicano two? studies and art studio. That's mm-hmm. it. That's cool. But I did have a lot of influence with math and science mm-hmm. because my initial couple years I studied the biological sciences. Yeah. Yeah. So as a joke, you just became... Yeah, I'm like, and, and then now you just began doing the art. Yeah, the art came after, uh, through my mentor in college. She really did inspire me because she was a mm-hmm. a practic- practicing artist. She made a living off of art, nice. and so I knew it could be done. Mm-hmm. But you know, from teaching, and then I got into education and into other. Um, got into the corporate world and but I've always done my art on and you know I started to really get a following with that so. you had done classes if I'm not mistaken you did a, a, a years back you done kids day with corazon paint and sit with corazon yeah talisman the art show um the uh, crosses and art uh and then the corazon workshop too yeah I you did the corazon own. workshops I did a lot of art exhibits um, for, I've done a lot of art exhibits. Mm-hmm. So it's, it just has been a really wonderful experience to express myself in, in just making hearts. Yeah. You're still, you're still core to the art uh, of doing the hearts as yeah, far as incorporating just, it with your art, even though you are doing uh Frida, you're doing. Yeah, I did a lot of calaveras uh-huh. for the Day of the Dead. Uh, I just did a little four piece series of corazones. Um, is is just kind of like my motif at this point, you know. Whatever piece I do make, there's always going to be a heart in it. That's your signature. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Where would one want be able to see your art pieces uh, besides IG? Yeah, you can them. schedule a private. Uh, showing okay. at my studio right now. Um, I'm still getting acclimated to Texas. Mm-hmm. I haven't done any exhibiting here yet. I do plan to have a few exhibits in California for 2023. Oh, really? But uh, I'll see what I come up with here in Texas. Yeah, we definitely got to see one. Yeah. At least one or two. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. But if you want to see them in person, you have to come into my studio. <laughs> yeah, let us know. We'll put the details of where can they reach you on your social media. Yes. So they can, mm-hmm. and I definitely want to see the art. Yeah. That would be great to see some of the pieces that you have. And if you don't mind, I don't know if you have, um, we'd rather just have the real experience. Oh, yeah. Of how yeah. people go out there. We're not going to put any pictures of your work. But if you're interested to see, a little bit of what it is mm-hmm. go check out her social media and you'll be able to see some of the things but that's yes. dope though yes. okay so, so now right now what would is it still your art consider the, the art uh type of work or is it something different do you have your own name that you use as far as your technique or the things that you do for it? well i started with uh, a technique that was um that came from the japanese handmade paper Mm. uh, and I was doing some collage work with that my very early work and then I just one day kind of dumped that and just started doing just acrylic painting Mm. Um, but I've done a little bit of work on woodwork 
but it it's always I I would probably say is very energy driven. Uh, when you when you look at my work, you can really feel uh, energy flow with it. Uh, the colors that I use are very very bright. Um, they're very primary secondary colors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a play on paint. Like, okay. And it wouldn't be portrait or abstract or a little bit of mix? I would both. say it's more abstract, mm-hmm. more expressionist. Okay, gotcha. Um, I've never done realistic or portraits or stuff like that. It's just... It's not your thing at no. all. No. <laughs> I probably have done it once in my life or twice. Really? That I did, like, like a pencil self-portrait mm-hmm. type of thing. But um, even when I do figures, like I... I've done figures of women. I've done in figures of indigenous, I guess. I don't know. But if you look at it, it's very expressionist. It's not realistic, but mm-hmm. you can see the figure and it's um, very colorful. Like I don't make the face brown. It'll just be yellow or pink. You know, like, it's just, I don't really paint realistically. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so you mentioned a little bit of energy in your paintings. So it leads me to my next question about the energy healing. Mm -hmm. And and I'll ask more questions about the human thing that you touched up earlier about, you know, afterlife and all the other stuff here. But what does it mean? Like, so you do some energy healing or, or things like that, correct? Yeah, so when I was in my mid-20s, um, I don't know if you've ever heard about the, uh, when you go through a life-changing experience, the the night of, like the dark like night. Like an epiphany of, type of stuff? Yeah. Okay. And so I was going through some things and uh, ended up meeting a lady and she introduced me to Reiki and that's uh energy healing. Uh, and you can, if, if you want to get an idea of what that is, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like when Jesus went into the 40 days and came back, he was a healer mm-hmm. and he healed with his hands. Mm-hmm. And so energetically, scientifically, if you rub your hands together, you can feel the energy yeah, between the palms. The, the, the and heat. so that's like infrared, mm-hmm. uh, infrared heat. And so that when you place it on, on a body, it creates healing. Mm. And so I took the, the coursework, um, back then, didn't do anything with it. That what was made you want to take the course? Because it, it was intriguing. Like it, it helped me heal from a time in my life where I was really in a negative place, mm-hmm. in a very negative place. And I started to learn that this helped people. Mm. And so it brought people healing. And so then I took a class, I took several classes and I became a master and then I became a certified teacher to be able to teach others how to do healing. And from there, I started to learn about crystals and the energy that they emit and sound therapy and how that helps the body and 
I started to share it with others and I started to be a practitioner. Mm -hmm. So then I have some folks that come to me for healing or different types of like spiritual advice and things like that. So were people there are skeptics about the whole not understanding? I know I heard I heard about mm -hmm. it. I heard about the terms you talked about. I heard about crystals. I've heard about sounds, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But all that stuff is things that I heard. I never actually seen anything. But I, I'm, I believe everything's possible. I really do. I really feel right. there's all kinds of stuff that I, even if I don't understand it, it's a possibility that things could happen, right? So with that, is there any example or anybody that you kind of could share without disclosing their name that they've seen results? Oh, starting yeah. with you with one thing and then ended up at, at a different place? Oh, yes, absolutely. So one of my favorites, uh, I, I would do workshops to mm -hmm. help people with um, learn how to do manifestation mm -hmm. and, um, you know, law of abundance and, right. and law of attraction and things like that. And first of all, it started with me because mm -hmm. I was in a place like I was bankrupt I had lost my job. I didn't even know where I was going to get the next paycheck to feed my kid. Like, a disaster. Wow. Wow. Like, remember earlier, I was like, oh, I'm 100% independent. Oh, there was a time where I was not. Like, I literally was not okay. And so I started to learn first with the Reiki healer mm -hmm. that I, the practitioner that I went to. Then I stumbled upon that book years ago, um, The Law of Attraction. Yeah. Um, I read that book. And I started to go to conferences and to learn like Tony Robbins and mm -hmm. um, took that uh, course about personal development and all of this. So I started to heal my own self mm -hmm. um, because I was in a place of of dark. Remember, I was telling yeah. you in college I was doing yeah. this dark work and yeah. it was not OK. <laughs> and so how do you help others if you're not you helping help yourself? yourself. Mm -hmm. So then I started to develop myself, healing myself, learning these techniques on how to attract wellness. And it got to the point where my life completely changed, where I had a stable job. I bought a home. I was I had a great job. I, then I started to share it with others because in the art studio where I was showing my art, um, the lady's like, oh, you should share that with, with the people. And I'm like, oh, really? So she created a little, uh, workshop for me. Mm -hmm. And so I invited some folks and I started to share about the law of attraction and candle work and all the things that I, that I learned through reading and, and, and things I did for myself. Well, let's backtrack a little mm -hmm. bit because when you say it like that, it makes it seem like it was like this and everything happened, but it wasn't like that, right? No. You had to start doing, first of all, the thought of you changing because you were in a bad place. Right. And you had enough. It took a few years. And you had enough and you had to minimum have the thought that you needed to change right. immediately. So it took a couple of years of consistently working on meditation. On meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, did you do any meditation? Yes, absolutely. Uh -huh. Um Meditation. I did a lot of journaling, mm. uh, setting intentions. Uh, I did hours. Is there any forgiveness? Oh yes, of course. That you within that. Yes, of course. Healing with my family. Mm. Um, I did a lot of um, just releasing 
things that no longer served me, whether it's by journaling or burning a candle or going on a trip to Sedona and going to the vortex, whatever I was doing, you know, just just really um, having a clear intention on what is it that I wanted and what I wanted to let go. Because when you let go, then you have to replace it with the new thing, right? Well, if you want something, it's kind of like this cup. If it's full of water, but I want coffee for a second, if that's the only cup I have, I have to get rid of the water and then well, put coffee. You can in. add the coffee, but it's going to be diluted. It's not going to well, be Well, it'll spill coffee. if I haven't drank the water. Too, you know, if you haven't drank the water. You know, so yeah. you have to let go before you're able to allow things in. So years started progressing, two or three years. And then finally, when you start seeing those changes you share with other I people, shared with other people, they saw that they could be helpful because it could be helpful for other people. Well, one of my. One of my participants, it was uh, wanted me to help one of her daughters. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, she's seeing things and on the freeway, and she's like almost like crashing into cars. She's suicidal, and she's on all these antipsychotic drugs, drugs mm-hmm. and just drugs too, and everything. And I'm like, so they were prescribed drugs. They're not prescribed drugs, and just like all kinds of stuff on on a on a tangent and i'm like okay so i spoke with a young lady she was 26 years old and it turned out that she had a gift and she was seeing things that didn't make sense to her Mm. and so i started to explain and how she could manage that situation and at the end of the day she ended up letting go of all of the prescribed drugs she understood you know, based on meditation, she she learned how to take the tools that she needed to help her own self as well. What was she seeing, if you don't mind me asking? What was it that it was freaking her out? She would be driving on the freeway and see like someone walking by. And that was something. And she'll have to put the brakes because she thought it was a real person and it wasn't nothing there. But it was something. That well, she was she seeing. was she was seeing something. Hmm. You know. And uh, what would you think? To me, she was seeing spirits. She spirits. was in, and she was seeing the spirit world, and she didn't know how to identify the difference between reality and the spirit world. And the, the medication they were giving her were just it clouding was just everything. Clouding everything. Oh, Correct. That's crazy. And so I shared with her the things that she could possibly do to make things better, and sure enough, you know her whole life changed. She ended up um, going back to school. Mm -hmm. She wasn't even driving at the time. Now she has her own car, has her own place where she lives with her partner. Like her whole life, like got put back together, you know, and um, after working with her, after working with me, um, probably about a year. Wow. I worked with her for a year. I remember another young lady that came to my, one of my workshops, and she's a school counselor, a school, Mm -hmm. well, she's a school psychologist. Mm -hmm. And I remember she's throwing her degree at me. Well, I'm a college graduate. I went to this and this school, and I'm a school psychologist, and I don't believe none of your mumbo jumbo, whatever you're talking about, spirits, and like energy, and none of that. And it was a manifestation course where you know, we're setting intentions, law of attraction, and how it works. Is she manifesting and, as she's saying those things? 
<laughs> wait a minute. So I had another workshop the following week and she shows up again and I'm like with her sister. And I'm like, well, you're the one that was giving me heck about like, you know, well, it's just that. Well, I went home and I did what you said. And I ended up getting like my husband ended up winning a TV and he got his job got switched closer to home. And I ended up getting this bonus check because from work that some work that she had done before. Mm-hmm. And well, I didn't believe you, but. After I did my manifestation work, I ended up getting all of this. And, well, I, I kind of believe you now. <laughs> she started bringing That's funny. the teachers and the counselors and the principal. And, like, all these folks started coming to my manifestation classes. Yeah. The principal couldn't have a baby. Oh, for real? And after taking my classes, he brought his wife. They ended up having their their first baby. And uh, like a whole bunch of beautiful things happened to a lot of those folks that came to my workshop. Even inclusively, another person ended up also being able to adopt a child. They sold their house. They bought a brand new other house. Another young lady that had left her her job as an attorney Mm -hmm. because that was just not what she wanted to do. She developed her own business and now she has her own um she has a couple businesses that she runs uh one that has to do with art and the other one she teaches spanish to folks that uh professionals that probably have a they're bilingual but their spanish a little bit broken so she teaches them professional spanish for their business and just a lot of really really good things another young lady opened up her own business in energy healing as well she became a uh, she took my one of my reiki classes and she started teaching it opened up her studio for healing just a lot of a lot of wonderful shifts and changes with a lot of the community that i that i worked with and for the skeptic still that would say um how come you haven't put that into practice to win the lottery like that and made made it a reality for yourself well probably because i don't really set my intention on winning the lottery it's not what i want um you appreciate the journey of life you know it it all depends on how you're vibrating we all need to uh heal certain aspects of our reality maybe there's a part of me that's still in scarcity mode that does not attract the billionaire status in my life, you know, maybe I'm not attuned to it. I'm not aligned with it in, in my energy. It's not until you're in that energy that you will attract it. And that takes work. It takes work. It takes a lot of releasing and really being in the pure element of love. If you're not in element of love, you're probably not going to attract it, you know? Okay. So, I had a thought. But there is also the duality. And that means? Of the evilness. Mm-hmm. If you're in that space of really bad negativity, you're going to attract that with the bad intention. You yeah. know, so you can't have good without bad and you can't have bad without good. There's the, you need the dark and you need to light, the light to make that distinction. Yeah, what I know 
Without no light, there will be no darkness. Exactly. Yeah. Without exactly. no everything. Hate, right. there will be no love. There's always an opposite to the, the other yep. part. And a lot of times we sabotage our own greatness. Yeah. You know, there's always that ego and that even the, if you we say, oh, no, I'm not envious. Oh, I'm not jealous. That's a lie. Let me go back a little deeper than that on that part because... I feel sometimes that some of the things that we have, because DNA is information gets carried over to the next person, right? So certain things are great things for being able to fight viruses and things like that, right? But sometimes I feel that some, even those traits of things that our ancestors have had still carried over to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel that even with you, you have to explore that. I don't fully understand it. But I kind of sort of know because I've done some exercise to see and try to go back as far as I could to try to release all those mm -hmm. things. Generational that, curses what, are whatever, real. They are real. Mm -hmm. But 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 I feel as if I wanted, again, I'm not a scientist of anything. It's all stuff that I read and I get in, looked into more and see, like, does it make sense to me logically? And sometimes I understand logic is not going to take me or give me an answer. I have to surrender to the fact that even if I don't understand it, like the lady that didn't believe, it's still possible to have certain things to be done without you understanding that they're happening. So... I went back and looked at those things, and I still know that DNA passes on, and you have to release those. So how do you work those, or do you have any exercises that you do to to work that or work on those things in your area of your life? Yes, because they're within you. And so the way to do it is really going within you and coming from a place of love and really releasing those tendencies. And serving, mm. serving the other, like to release that karma. You know, for example, let's say like in my, from my generation, from my ancestors, I do come, I, I have at least almost 50% of Spaniard DNA. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? And all of that energy that is within my generation of the colonizer, mm -hmm. as I explained earlier. And so how they just came and took and took and took. And so for me to release that ancestral karma, I have to serve. My whole life has been of service, serving the community as a teacher Right now, I serve my day job like I'm a recruiter for the county hospital of Dallas. And it's, what does that hospital do? It services the community, the underrepresented community. And so I'm filling those positions that are in need, you know, um, as an educator in education, uh, in what I do now in healthcare, uh, within my artwork. Uh, helping people to heal. I've done artwork um, that is of the heart. And what does that imply? Mm -hmm. The healing of the heart. Mm -hmm. You know, in order for you to be attracted to my work, there has to be some sense of love because mm -hmm. 
the heart is a symbol of love, right? And so how do you heal from those generational curses? It's by being of service, by being a person who can come from the heart and share and love, yeah. you know? you're not going to be able to experience that healing if you're if you're if we surrender to even society what does society wants us to work 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 make money make money make money and buy and buy and buy and yeah. and not even take care of our kids cuz we're too busy working and and all of this like the vicious cycle mm -hmm. so what do we get to do within our experience as humans on this planet and to service the planet and to take care of it. And like, what is your purpose? Your purpose, at least for, from my perspective now, is educating the public about who they are, mm -hmm. about their culture. You know, that's being in service. And so by us continuing to share our experiences and continuing to come from a place of healing, that's how we're going to be able to raise our children different. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you can't do the same thing and expect to get different results that's, with your generation. That's psychotic. Yeah, that's insanity. Right? You will continue to do the same thing within your family if right. you don't break certain, certain same things that you've always done, same freaking education like ways of educating i feel like sometimes our latino parents only educators based on what they the way that they were brought up thinking that subconsciously not saying consciously realizing that they thought that that's the way to do so mm -hmm. without understanding that that's not the way and, right. and it's only okay until you don't know because you don't know it's fine you didn't know but now once you know you need to do better so you'll be able to get out of that cycle Right. And even me, I've raised my daughter a certain way that probably caused her a lot of trauma as well. Really? And so, but it's very different from what I experienced with my mom and mm -hmm. what she experienced with her mom mm -hmm. and what probably my grandma experienced with hers. It's changing. It's a lot better but it can only get even more better. But right? we have to work on we that to, work to on make it. sure that it gets to that. Exactly. Okay, you mentioned earlier something about being uh, clairvoyant. What exactly does yeah. that mean? That's when you can see the future. You can see it. <laughs> and you can see what's coming or you have a feeling or you get the knowing of something is going to happen. And what does that help you with as far as in your life or what can that be of service? I think we all have it. We all have it, but we ignore it. It's like the, oh my God, I have a feeling or you have like, you have a, like, like, you know, that's maybe you shouldn't have done it, but you did it. And then. Oh. Is that aligned with deja vu? Kind of sort of mm -hmm. the same things as far as like feeling that you already did that or been there, walked that path. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like you're living this life experience again so that you can correct it or learn another lesson so you kind of get a little bit of a reminder oh wait remember you've been through this already so and then you get the lesson mm. and then it's up to you to decide are you gonna do the same thing again right. or are you gonna change it? even with relation a good example is relationships <laughs> you have a boyfriend mm -hmm. and he's a certain way 
and it doesn't work out. And then you get another boyfriend. And he's the, and same, he's the same way. The same way as the other boyfriend. And it's like, and then you do the same thing the same way. And it's like, ah, oh. then you get another one. And the, and then it just gets worse. Why does that happen? Because it's a lesson. And the lesson is to change and you don't. And yeah. you don't get the better boyfriend or girlfriend until you learn the lesson and you ch make those changes. Right? Yeah, that's true. Or else it's just again and again and again and the same. And is that within our same life living or is that because I think you touched up on earlier that like living the same life. You're talking about what is that called? Um, reincarnation type uh -huh. of stuff. Yeah. It's mm. Life. So from my understanding, mm -hmm. life on Earth is like going to the university where you come to learn things where you come to experience because when you're in the spirit world you know you're not matter you know you're not mm -hmm. carne y hueso you know so there'll be your soul you can't eat and taste and feel and and die and live that will be and your born soul, like yeah. kind of sort of what your, your soul spirit would be? Mm -hmm. okay And so then you get to come and experience what you're going to experience. Mm -hmm. And you choose to come and live the experience that you're experiencing. You can, you have free, uh, free will, but you get to, like, you came to this planet Earth to do this. I didn't know I was going to be doing this. Yeah, but you, I, I kind of sort of get in the vision of what I need to yeah. or why. And I, I chose to come this. and have a conversation with you yeah. and and live this moment and be out and coming in and feel the cold and drive back and maybe the rain or like the beauty of living and experiencing and really taking in the lessons and to where we're going to go after we die. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not scared of that anymore. I used to be, but I keep hearing stuff about where would be going not religious or anything right but where will, i will be part of where i'm when i'm gone to where it's okay because even you hearing your thought without speaking and you actually hear it that's uh i'm getting too deep in things that i don't even understand but i know that there's something there that is bigger than i as far as this is just like you said a moment a time a life it's beautiful it's precious protected But it's not everything once it's all yeah. said and done, when you're done with And this. it's only a glimpse. And mm -hmm. we're, we could be gone tomorrow or not or live many more years. Who knows? But in the grand scheme of things, it's just a blink of an eye. And it is. It's very much a blink of an really eye. we get to really enjoy every moment as great or not great. Because those hard moments is what brings us into the next moment. And if we choose to really focus on on a, what we would call a negative feeling, then, you know, is that really where we want to go? Yeah. Like, or make the best out of it and move on to the next. So I think there was a time in my life where I just saw things so negative. Mm -hmm. And now... I really get to enjoy. I love my solitude. I love being alone. I love, you know, just being in my expression. And then I, moments when I go out into the public and, 
and relate with my family and friends and meeting folks. And that's important to me because I don't know if there's a lot of folks that don't get to do that. But doesn't your solid, I'm the same way you are. I didn't used to be, I had to be out and about with different people and crowds or whatever. But doesn't that help you so much more to when you're in solitude? Like I heard of the saying from a gentleman that I, he's a yogi that uh, he said, if you're miserable when you're alone, then you're in bad company. And that hit me a long time ago. And you're the only company with with yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Meaning that like you really have to do some work in order to. So whenever Mm -hmm. I'm by myself, I'm freaking laughing out loud and just, you know, not in that psychotic type. I'm really having (laughs) a good time. But whenever you get to go out like outside of the world and you get to interact with somebody, it's such a much better interaction because maybe you were craving that that human yeah. interaction and when i get to see my family if i haven't seen them in a week or two like much even better at least for me in my experience yeah and sometimes it's not but even that's okay yeah. you know and yeah you know just being grateful i guess yeah. that's another major point that a lot of people make that are in you know in alignment with their spirituality and things like that always be grateful for everything and it's true you know, you you just don't know what you have until you don't have it. Yeah. And so be grateful for it in that moment. Or you put it in perspective of other people that are going through, at least for me to like, for example, I, I bring it up lately because it's a more current event like Ukraine. Right. Like, let's say you have a flat like myself. I got in a wreck not that long ago. Nothing happened to me. Regular life stuff events. But in another place, in another country, they got their life taken like completely away and they have to either hopefully they got to live another day and they are able to flee the country but whatever home they had Mm -hmm. whatever life they had it was taken away completely i barely had a wreck and i was good my car got damaged i'm fine my health is fine it will be fixed i'll get it done but in perspective of other people in another third world country they're having to go days without a meal or Mm-hmm. two or three days or or even a days to go get some clean water to drink right. i haven't made so much i have it so easy it's not even funny yeah and that's why um we get to have gratitude for that yeah and sometimes yeah. we do take it for granted because don't get we me do. wrong i still do i don't think i've been grateful today just today uh, I usually remind myself that I'm not immortal. I am mortal and I will die. And it helps me put perspective <laughs> in life as far as that I'm not going to be here, here right. forever. So I need to, you know, hurry up and do what I need to do. But sometimes I do slip on the fact that I do need to be grateful for the things that I have because it is a beautiful thing that I, I have That you've here. created. Look yeah. at this wonderful thing. And, and it goes, going back into the art thing, you know, I enjoy making my hearts, making my... Scribbles, I call them scribbles, like literally, like some of them are scribbles. Do you think it's healing for you? It's therapeutic for you to do that? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, if you really study the chakras, you've Mm -hmm. heard of that, Mm -hmm. you know, and each has a designated color. Correct. And when I do a series, it's one of each chakra color. Really? I start with the red one. And then I start with the next orange one. Really? And then I start, then I go into the yellow one 
and I go up into the the levels and that's why my my artwork is so colorful because mm -hmm. I'm literally working with the primary like chakra colors um I love to do the zodiac and I designate the certain color and I kind of go into the zodiac and the series of that um so my work is very driven by spiritual things mm -hmm. you know I the talisman um show that I did it mm -hmm. was all um amulets from different parts of the world really? you know from Egypt um the ankh or the the eye of ra or the so eye they all of have a All these cultures from different yeah, parts I of the world. I actually do something. research mm -hmm. in a lot of my paintings. A lot of them are not just scribbles. A lot of them I actually go into and I do research. And I, okay, what's the Ankh about? Like, mm -hmm. what's the Eye of Ra? Like, who, like, I did a, a painting of Isis and of Horus and of like all these Egyptian um, iconography. Um, that's part of one of my favorite things that I like to do uh, protection symbols mm -hmm. I do did a series of protection symbols um, so that's a lot of what's underneath a lot of my work kind of looks pretty but when you really sit down and look at it like you can see some of on some pieces like there's like deep meaning around it is that the uh, I never been to art I never been to an art gallery just mm -hmm. to see, but you always see those memes of people looking into a painting and kind of like you know, kind of sort of kind of make give meaning to it. Uh -huh. And you know, I always thought it was just like just a painting, but it's crazy to me that there's certain things that you can put in there that if you really know some stuff or we looked into, then you'll be able to like connect with the artist like oh so that's what they were heading with this right well that's what they were that, that what they were trying to give us in right. this picture and i i sometimes i do some really twisted stuff like uh <laughs> i'll do a cross with like some type of hindu or muslim or like some stuff that doesn't go together well, in our culture it goes together in religion and well and no because they're against each other well, like like <laughs> see <sighs> You know, like yeah, all you're right, but like I did a cross. Have their religions. Yeah. I have a cross that I did at just by looking at it mm -hmm. is a cross. Mm -hmm. But when you go deep into it, there's the Turkish uh, evil eye mm -hmm. in the middle. There's the Om sign, mm -hmm. and then there's the Ankh, the Egyptian Ankh, and then there's the Eye of Ra. Like it's all a mix up of all kinds of different craziness in there. But at the just at a glance is a cross. And has anybody picked up on this? And, and did, did, did they get offended by it? It could probably offend, offend some people. somebody, yeah. But that's what I did. What was what was the idea of making that? Why did you it want to do that? It was, for me, a protection symbol for myself. Of all the protection symbols that I relate with. That's be based on your DNA? Based on just my whatever I stumbled on or studied or researched mm, okay. and so i wanted a protection symbol for my meditation room and i just wanted it all in one piece <laughs> really? and and, and i'm it. i was raised catholic uh -huh. um but i love a lot of hindu symbology i love a lot of different 
cultural symbolism. I'm I very still think that it has a lot to do with our DNA and all the information from generations after yeah. generations of. But in my, by in my DNA, DNA, there was no Egyptian. Doesn't mean that you were not, or one of your ancestors was not there. Well, that's true. And moved on. That's true. That is very I mean, true. you were in California, and now you're and in Now Texas. I'm here. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's very true. With somebody to look at you at the end, and like, oh, no, she wasn't from, she's not, she wasn't a Texan. Well, she was born in California. I was like, well, she was here for a little bit. Right. At least 11 months. At least 11 months. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, let's touch up on the human activists, because you were sharing, me, sharing a story with me about that, and I thought it was very interesting. So, what kind of human rights activists... Um, events have you participated and you've been part of? Yeah, so um, when I attended uh, UC Santa Barbara, it was during the time of like Proposition 187 mm-hmm. and they took away um, some of the, I guess, possibilities of you being able to enroll in college due to maybe your economics, like if you were under a certain level economically or if you you know just different criteria that would allow you to go to school if you were you know a person of color underrepresented or whatever and so there was the UCSB hunger strike against proposition 187 uh we did a a march down the the university freeway i guess and we mm-hmm. blocked it and uh nine students did a hunger strike that was in california it was in california mm-hmm. at the campus at the campus yeah and then we did um some picketing in uh the grape fields for the farm workers um just really being out there and mm, Supporting the cause, you know, because it was affecting us. Like now we weren't going to be able to apply to school and get in. You know, I got in due to um, EOP and because I was low income, you know, maybe my GPA wasn't quite up to par for the university standards. I went, I lived in South Central LA, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I was able to get a full scholarship to go to school. Was that what, EP that you were mentioning? Um, what is that? It was. Um, I can't remember what the acronym is, but so if you with were equal opportunity, equal opportunity, yeah, program. There program. you go, duh. <laughs> <laughs> equal yeah. opportunity program. Okay. And so they took that away, mm. and so you know that meant that the future generations were were going to be able to be admitted. Mm-hmm. And so then, what does that mean? You have to have a certain you know, level of income to be able to afford to go and and things like that. And even my daughter, second generation, as I graduated from university, even for her, like as a single mom, literally single mom, because I didn't, you know, have the father's support or nothing right. like that, you know, then how was I supposed to pay for her education? Mm. Yeah. You know, and... It was programs like that that helped folks that to be able to get the higher education. What made you want to join? Uh, well, besides the fact that they were going to lose, what what in your heart said I have to be part? Or who did you hear that that made you want to kind of? So sort of walk I you was through? part of 
different organizations. You've heard of Mecha, right? Mecha. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at our school, we didn't have that. We have El Congreso. So it was a, an organization of Latino students that um, organized to support either the community or, or whatever cause would be, you know? Um, so through that organization was where the organizing occurred. Mm -hmm. And so doing the manifestations of the marches and attending, uh, supporting the hunger strike or going into the fields to support the farm workers and things like that. All of that was within within the student alliance, a yeah. student organization. Yeah. And so when you're part of that, then you automatically learn where you need to go to support. And to me, that was important because I was a student who benefited from it. Mm-hmm. And for me to know that that was going to get taken away, I did not agree with that. And I was yeah. going to help support that. That's awesome. So how how bad did it get at times whenever y'all were either marching or picketing? As well, the as- police would came. We never got arrested. But, you know, um, I was never in a position of like actual conflict with authorities or anything like that. Um, it's happened, but at least on my perspective, it was, it was done in a way where we were out, we manifested, we got our word out and then, you know, we got home safely. It's so crazy to me that y'all went through all that. And uh, the walkout is a movie that addresses the brown berets. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever seen it, but they were fighting that battle of even just trying to get them to have counselings to let them know that they can go to college, not just mm-hmm. trade schools. To where he moved at your generation to where you were able to go to college, but now they were going to take away that and not have those those benefits. Yeah. Well, my high school counselor told me, well, you shouldn't even apply to those schools because you're not going to get in. And I remember distinctly one of the other counselors, she gave me a fee the fee waivers to pay for the applications. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, good. My mom doesn't she, she didn't know what I was doing. She didn't understand. And I'm like, okay, so then the I remember that that's, here's another story. The university representative from University of California, Davis, mm-hmm. helped me fill out my applications. I didn't even apply to his school. He showed me the ones that where I would more than likely get admitted mm. based on my grades and everything. He's like, okay, apply to these schools. I got into all of the schools that, that I applied to. Nice. And I got, I was able to get those fee waivers, which meant that my applications were paid for. And then I went in and my other counselor told me, well, now you have to apply for financial aid. So I had to go in and did my application. I don't even know how I did it because (laughs) my mom didn't do it. So I was able to get free money. Nice. And then, um, then I go home and I have to tell my mom that I got accepted to school and that she I was going to understand it. And she's like, you're not going. Ouch. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Well, you, tú ya sabes inglés. You already know English. And pues, go work at the bank y ya vas a estar bien. I'm like, no, I'm going to go to school. So you know what I did? Mm-hmm. I packed my bags and I ran away. You ran away at what age? My house. At 18. At 18. 
Well, you're already an adult. Well, yeah, but in like... <laughs> and not in Latino. Not in Latino, in Latino, not in Latino house. My mom didn't talk to me for four years. Are you serious? Because I... I see why she will be mad. Because I, I embarrassed her. Mm-hmm. I left my house without being married mm-hmm. and being a woman yeah. and all this crazy nonsense. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, well... I had to get two jobs. I had two majors. I literally would get up at seven in the morning. I would get home at two in the morning because I had to go study. And I didn't have a car, so I rode my bike to work and everywhere I went. And But I made it. Yeah. And she did go to my graduation. And all of my siblings followed after because I'm the oldest. I have two sisters and one brother. You're the youngest. I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah, my sister that followed, she went to UCSB. My sister that followed her, she graduated from UC Riverside. But imagine if you would have not taken those steps oh, to, yeah. to run away and, and go to yeah, school. Yeah, I had to run away. That, that would have been at the bank or, or yeah. not even pursuing right. college. Maybe. My sister and my brother, they got taken to school. My mother took them. I had to run away. My brother went to Stanford. People don't give us enough credit. The firstborn, how much stuff we got to go through. Oh, my God. For all the other siblings to benefit of what we have to go through. My brother went to Stanford. Wow. He graduated with the president being present because his daughter, Chelsea, was part of his graduating class. So my brother graduated with the president being present. And I had to run away from school, (laughs) from home. <laughs> yeah. But well, congrats to your brother. But yeah. still, again, I think you had the influence to do what you needed to do for them to be inspired one way or another to go to. School. And I don't even know where I got the idea that I had to go to college because it was not in my family. Did your mentor have anything to do with that? Was in college when you? Yeah. Met her, well, right? I, in school, I was always part of the advanced courses, so I had. AP classes and I had uh, honors classes. I was a good student. Well, they always talk about college there on those yeah. classes. And so then from there, I guess I got the idea and my counselor was like, well, not the one that told me not to apply, <laughs> the other one. That guy. <laughs> and so f- that led into me going to school, graduating, then I became a teacher. And then from there, my student, and that's where a lot of the stuff there happened too with the walkouts of high school students yeah. in LA and and all of that and and so yeah it was I went back to work at my old high school and was a counselor there that you wave at not anymore no <laughs> <laughs> but yeah go but back. it was fun to influence an you know yeah. another group of of a generation that um you know got to also be first gen to go to college yeah and then those that didn't want to go i would tell them well you don't have to go there's other things there's other programs that you can go uh trade school or nursing school or beauty school or whatever you know you just got to find the thing that you like because i wasn't a i commend everybody and and congratulates every person that goes to college and pursue that I, i was in the military Mm-hmm. for to get i was i was smart enough but i wasn't smart enough that i felt like i was going to get scholarships even though i had i was able to apply so i felt me knowing that my parents were not going to be able to pay for school 
I went to the military for that, and I did. But once I joined schooling, it just wasn't my thing. I love being taught mm-hmm. and educate myself on different things, but it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that passion for it. Right. But I have passion for other stuff, things like this. Yeah. Or Not things. everyone is meant to go through that. Honestly, if I really look at it, it wasn't really for me either. Mm-hmm. I just kind of went through the motions. Yeah. I took the easy way out just to say, oh, well, I got a degree. But I, it wasn't that I, I mean, come on, in high school, I taught math and science. It's not like I didn't know, you know, but is it, that was my path. It was my path Mm -hmm. to do it that way and then go and be of service in, in the LA community and teach and you know, you just never know where your life will take you at. But the thing that I I liked is that the fact that you didn't this you didn't just you don't want to go to college. That's fine. Instead, you gave them different options. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. This might. Oh, not you be don't for even you. know how many I encouraged yeah. to go to the military. Yeah, a lot of my students went to the military, and um, for whatever reason, I'm like, well, a lot of my students were part of gangs. Mm. You know, I'm like, well, go be a real gang person like go during the police force go fight <laughs> go go fight for something that's worth fighting for not yeah. a street that you don't even own never no have no real estate whatsoever like what are you doing yeah. you know and so yeah and it was during the wartime though mm. when i was a teacher that's when that's when the 9-11 happened that's the time I went close to 2002. So then my students ended up going to those tours. Yeah. I probably you know? met with some of your students over there. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, but what are you going to do if you're not going to go to school? And if you're not going to go do a trade? Well, a lot of them is in our blood to be fighters and to be out there in law enforcement and military. Yeah. And then honestly, like being home, like, they would really, if they're being part of a gang, they're going to end up in jail or dead shortly after, you know. And then when you go into the military, granted, it's dangerous, but a minimum expo- expose you to different cultures, different mm-hmm. people. You get to see different places and that start expanding your mind to where like, wait a minute. My little neighborhood is not everything that there is in this world. There's a whole freaking world out there with people doing all kinds of different things. Yeah. And I even took the ASVAB test. Oh, yeah. And I studied for it. And I would teach it to my students. Nice. And I'm like, because if you don't pass this test with good numbers, they're going to send you to the worst job. Yep. So I teach them. That's true. <laughs> I got artillery uh, job. <laughs> no. I'm like, I no. Did. You have to do good on this test. Like, look, these are the questions. Study these questions. Huh? Yeah. I didn't send them blindly either, you know, but. That's I mean, good, though, because you're right. I didn't know. I just took it in artillery with a bonus of, at that time, it was $2,000. All I saw is $2,000 as a 19-year-old kid. I'm like, well, I'm getting paid. Yeah. And it turns out that they don't even give it to you all at once. They give it to you after you you were there for like a year. And then after taxes, it's only like $1,500. i am like, what the heck was I doing? Yeah, I remember. I even took the test like for real. Like- uh-huh. How did you do? Scored like a 90 on my ASVAB. And they wanted to put me as a ranger in the army. And then the military guy, the recruiter is like, Marquez is a female. Yeah. And he got in trouble because he thought he was joking. I guess 
no woman that they there, met had there, ever that scored time, that high. When you were going, high. there were no ranger women either. They couldn't. No, no. They're like, well, she can't. What do you mean? Sign her up and this and that. No, she's a female and she can't be a ranger. Not at that time, but I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that has changed. And then I'm, all, I'm not even five feet. I'm 4'11". Really? <laughs> so That's that made tight. it even worse. Like four feet, like Marquez is a little tiny woman. <laughs> what are you talking about? So, but I, think, I didn't end up signing up, yeah. but I went through all the mo- I'm like, I want to see, see, what, see what they mm, put these kids through. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny looking at, looking back at my recording my oh they gave like, me a good deal I'm pretty sure I was like wow with a good score that. oh yeah yeah but I I didn't end up going but it was it was an interesting part of my life that I explored and I shared it with my students and yeah cause they I mean talking about leading by example right cause a lot of the time people just telling you what I having to be there be there do the experience of and you show them okay let me just show you what I went through so I can really teach you what does it take to yeah. get to if that's the way you want to go you know so that's pretty good yeah I even uh took a lot of um tests with different um law enforcement agencies mm. and uh, yeah but it was not in my cards to do that. I wouldn't. I couldn't be a cop. I couldn't be a police officer. Yeah. I don't even know if they like the word cop. I'm sorry, sir. Police officer. Police officer. I don't. I, I couldn't be. Yeah. My, but it's. But it was just not meant for me to go in that direction. But the art thing is just always stuck with yeah, me. Yeah. That is all. It, I, that's never gonna go away. That's probably my true calling. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to see if you ever have a an exhibition or an art gallery here. Oh, yeah, I'm going to look for it now. Oh, now yeah. I have to share it with absolutely everyone who sees this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we we really want, like, there's all kinds of events, pop-ups and different things that mm-hmm. have. I don't know what's your vibe or what you want to go to, but maybe just to try it out, um, you know, just to give it a go and check out what it looks like here in the DFW. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of events going on all the time. Yeah. Or just, you know, if you have your own gallery, then do you. It's so easy to organize now. Facebook's not even funny. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you were organizing way back in the days when they didn't have no Facebook. We didn't have any. Oh, my God. We didn't even have computers. We didn't have computers. Wow. And I got together. My first year in college, I had a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a typewriter is something that you type that if you make a mistake, either you have to white out or start, start over. over. <laughs> and there's no screen. You just type. And you type there, so was you no type email. Paper. there was no email. There was no email. No email. Because the last time we had an artist and mm-hmm. they were talking about a, a tape, cassette tape. Uh-huh. So I like to explain to some Well, they don't artists. know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and a typewriter is almost we like we didn't have cell phones we didn't have cell phones nope. oh my god i'm so old no i feel you because i'm the same <laughs> way because i remember my first cell phone was when i was 20 years old and it uh-huh. was a little little brick nokia uh-huh. you could drop it for, you didn't get no reception whatsoever no. but you could drop it and it would withstand the punishment <laughs> yeah yeah, those That's were the days. Nah. And you would actually call people on a landline. <laughs> Glue to the freaking landline if you didn't have a cell phone. Sit in there for hours talking to whoever it is that you... Have to hurry up and go home because oh someone's going to call you. Goodness. And hopefully nobody's listening on the other side because they can pick up the phone <laughs> and find out who you're talking to. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Those are good Those days. Days are over. Okay. Thank God. All right. So we run short on time, but let me have a couple of last questions that I have for you. Uh, first of all, let me get all your social media. So I am Art by Corazon on Instagram, and Art by Corazon on TikTok, mm-hmm. and Art is it. By Brenda Corazon uh, Marquez I think on Facebook. The, uh, Facebook is Brenda Corazon Marquez. Oh, well, there you go. I, that. Think, I think that's what yeah. it is. But you do have like a couple pages, uh, isn't it? Uh, Facebook? Yeah, my personal page and my art page. Your art page. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. All right. So I got a couple of questions. One of them is really deep, one of them is very helpful. So if there's one important lesson that you learn in life, whether it's business, uh, whether it's art, or anything that you're done that you can tell your younger self that can help somebody else now, what will you say? Yeah. I would say don't take things personal, uh, particularly what others say, because what they're saying comes from their own experience and it's reflecting their self, not you. Yeah. And so... I know that when I was younger, I cared too much about my image, what people were going to say and and doing things wrong and making mistakes. And that took a toll on me. And it stopped me from doing a lot of things that maybe I should have because I was afraid yeah. of what people may think. Like this whole spiritual thing, I don't hardly even share that that much because, oh, what are they going to say about me? You know, but... I would say that don't take things what others say personal. What is that saying? What other people have to say is none of my business. It's none of my business. A hundred percent. And I think, I think some Latinos, and I don't know where it comes from. Maybe that colonizers from Spain are worried <laughs> too much about about your family name and what they're gonna say. I think some of that stuff still rubs up on. Oh, them. of course. You know, a lot of yeah. the times we're too concerned with what they're gonna say. Yeah, and defaming the family, yeah. el nombre de la se. That, oh, that. Yeah. and that that doesn't that comes from over there. I feel right. like more than anything that we still carry on. Sometimes it'll be like it's bringing shame business. to the family oh, name. Oh man! And then that. You, you don't even know where your origin of your name. You, probably your name is full of shame from the get go. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, yep. this one's a little deep. But I started using it last time because remember I was telling you about the little saying that I remind myself every day. And I know whether you're religious or not, I think it's still, you know, it's a good question. So at your funeral, what do you hope people would feel? Feel? Uh-huh. What they would feel? Uh, I hope that they would feel Love. That they would feel um, Whew, that is a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Who would I want them to feel? Hopefully happiness. I you know, like one of one thing that I would love for people to say is, oh well, you know, if she died old and like lived her life mm-hmm. at the fullest, like, oh, like not being sad. Well, she lived her life. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm going to share mine. I shared it last time, but that was the only time I'm going to share it, but I'm going to share it. one more time. If you have missed the last episode, you need to go look at it. So what I would like people to feel at my funeral would be happy. Mm-hmm. Happy and 
that I got to do whatever I wanted to. I got to do my life and I felt really good. And if so happened to be that they cried, it will be tears of joy knowing that wherever I'm heading, I'm in a really good place. That I'm probably, they're probably picturing me laughing or goofing off or saying some freaking dad joke and I'm not even a dad. <laughs> So, yeah, I think like I'm that. on the same lines too. Like, oh, you know what? Like that lady really did live her life yeah. to the fullest. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know. Okay. And amazing story. So I had sent her. She didn't do her homework. I'm gonna throw under the bus. Mm-hmm. But I think this is worked out <laughs> even better. So I, I I like because I didn't know too much about you, and I like mm-hmm. to go through all your social medias and different things. Mm-hmm. You probably find me. Like see, around. <laughs> seeing your like who saw your story on TikTok and that would be me and and I was just you know trying to get an idea of different things like that uh-huh. and I, I ask I like to ask somebody that maybe not so much known a little bit of bio so I can sort of kind of sort of generate the questions that I'm going to and have a, a good back and forth but I think this worked out perfectly I think we touched up on things that people need to hear that could be helpful in life in general and but. All the things that you're done, first of all, having your degrees, coming from, uh, you know, a place that you came from to have been art to to be an activist. That, all, all that is amazing to me. And I didn't even know that. All I saw is a person that was an artist and I didn't realize how much it wouldn't tell. So with that, I think that Corazon, you are definitely a global Latin factor. So you are a global Latin factor. One last question. If anybody was to Google you or search you on some kind of search engine many years from now, what do you hope for them to find about you? I want them to find my art. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, we'll live it yeah. at that. We'll- and to, you know, like, kind of like uh, how we Google freedom, we see her art, like, I would love for me to be that way oh let's corazon and my stuff to just pop everywhere everywhere yeah awesome well best <laughs> best of luck to you i hope that you continue and again uh, in the near future see one of your art galleries and be able to be, be present and, and yeah i'll certainly invite you in my next opening look at the picture and really try to analyze what it had <laughs> Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. This was another episode of the Global Latin Factor Podcast. Remember, we are just like you. We are the spice in this melting pot that it is the world. Thank you. Thank you very much for checking out this episode of the Global Latin Factor Podcast. If you are enjoying the content and the channel, Go ahead and subscribe. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 subscribers so we can bring you more episodes, more channel. Go like, go subscribe, go write a comment. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. Pero but in fact is a flamingo Coming to Havana and reason Puerto Rico On a pirate ship, you don't know where do we go The birds of the jungle chasing fortune and...